Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Forever. Dog. This is Nicole's Crazy Night of Me. Watch the show like a lot of times Who is gonna be chief of surgery? Shana Rhymes wrote the show and it is really, really good Meredith Grey Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Nicole's Crazy Anatomy. Uh, This is going to be kind of a little bit of a different episode because there's no guest. Well, there is a guest, and the guest is you. Uh, I was thinking about what this podcast is, which is essentially just me being a fan publicly about Grey's Anatomy, and I thought that other people should have the opportunity to kind of talk about their fandom, talk about things that they like. So uh, I put to Twitter just like, question i'm on twitter at and silverberg like what what have you been thinking about with grades do you have any questions about the podcast questions about grades itself thoughts scenes things like that a ton of you guys replied i saved all of your replies in a doc and i pulled some of them that i thought would be good to talk about in this episode so some of them were episode ideas which as always i just put into a uh, separate document and i offer to guests to ask if they would like to talk about them some of you guys talked about things that definitely feel like a section of an episode like a justice for Brooke Smith was a tweet that I received, uh, which Lord, yes, the, the, and then the speech that Erica Hahn gives about, um, it's like getting glasses being a lesbian is like getting glasses. You know that I'm talking about that. I assume, I assume that a guest is going to want to talk about that at some point. So I did set that aside, but I have some other things that, um, we're going to talk about. So let's just get into it. Uh, okay, first, let's start with the question. Catherine Farmer at size 1614 stone, <laughs> don't know what that means, said, this is a question about uh, the cliffhanger at the end of 15. Do you think they'll actually put Meredith in prison? I mean, they've properly gone in on torturing her in the past, but is that a bridge too far? I think that this is such a good question because Before I had really thought deeply about this, I would have said, no, there's no way that they're going to put Meredith in prison. And when I think about it more, I have to say, no, I don't think they're going to put Meredith in prison, but we might see a trial and that uh, we have. I don't know how much we've really gone in on like 
we've, we've, we've dabbled, we've dipped a toe into medical malpractice. I don't know. I think we've seen a courtroom at some point. I can't remember, but yeah, we might see like a trial. I could really see this as being like this, like fantasy in which like they go to court about like, it ends up being this like feel good immigration law thing. I'm not sure, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll put Meredith in prison. But I, but again, you know, we really can't know. Um, okay, let's go to a thought and a scene. Okay, let's go to a thought and a scene. Martin Moreno Jr. at M. Moore. Oh, you know what? There's actually a lot of more letters in this than I thought. M. Moreno Jr. One, two, three. Okay, I just needed a second. And then I took a second and I got it. Martin Moreno Jr. at M. Moreno Jr., one, two, three. It does make sense. Uh, said, a, theme, a scene I think about is when Meredith tells Lexi that she should keep a better eye on Thatcher after she spends a whole day with him in the ER and Lexi rips her new one. That would have been a good one for the Lexi app. Totally right. Such a good episode. Uh, in general, great scene. So let's play it. Your dad was in the ER today. I know. So you know he was drunk and he put his hand through a window. Yeah. Anything else? I know it was Susan's birthday, and I'm sure it was a very hard day for the both of you. And he wasn't actually a problem. He was kind of charming, but he seemed very sad, and I'd hate to see it happen again. So maybe you should think about keeping a better eye on him. Every day is my mother's birthday. My mother was born in March. He lied. He's a liar. And I'm glad. Really, I'm glad that you found him charming. I'm sure he was delightful. He's a blast after five drinks. Not so much after nine, though. He gets a little weepy and mean. He's a drunk, Meredith. He probably came in and told you how wonderful you are. How sad he is that he doesn't get to spend more time with you. Yesterday, he said that I was his favorite daughter. The day before, I was an ungrateful bitch. The week before, he wrote me a check for $20,000 because he said I deserved everything life had to offer because he was so proud of me. A lifetime's worth of proud. So thank you for letting me know that I need to keep a better eye on him. Thanks. Oh, that is a good ass scene. Wow, big oversight to not put that in the Lexi episode. What I love so much about this scene, well, I guess two things. One is it's just, it's very, it's very deft in how you're completely on Meredith's side going into that conversation because you see that moment where Thatcher's like, I'm a lifetime of proud of you. And you know all the baggage that they have and you've felt in this whole episode like, wow, this has actually been a really amazing like tide shift for their relationship. So for it to turn around that quickly and just the way that she's able to quote the specific things that he said and the details are really sharp. I just think that it's so well written that you start out being 100% on Meredith's side and then you end being 100% on Lexi's side, even though Meredith didn't know. But it, when you when you know going in and you see her go like, maybe you should keep a better eye on him. You're like, oh my God, that's so like condescending and not her business and awful. It must be awful for Lexi to hear. 
So I love that. I also love Lexi's headband. So that's a little bit about what I love in that scene. Thank you, Martin, for pointing that out. What a good, what a good scene. This comes from a friend of mine from college who I can't really describe how many question marks and exclamation points she used alternately, but uh, why can't Arizona get over losing her leg? You know, at first I saw this question and I thought that's probably rude, but, but then I actually was thinking a little bit more about some of those um, moments where she has so much anger specifically towards Callie because Callie is the one who amputated it, which, you know, to be fair, that is, that's the type of surgery that Callie does. It's not like Callie would have just like done the honors if she was a cardiothoracic surgeon. But I, it made me realize that I actually don't really know what Arizona's uh, plot and amputation, how that's received in like the community of people who are amputees. Like, I don't know how well that represents what that experience is like. And so um, I'm taking this question of why can't she get over it and say, I don't know. And that I'm actually going to go and do some research and see if that was considered to be like um, an accurate representation of like what it's like to go through that or not so much. I mean, granted, I don't know how many people lose their leg because they and all of their friends get into a horrible plane accident, but, um, plane accident, that's not the right phrase. Plane crash. (laughs) Okay. It's fine. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, a plane, a plane whoopsie. Uh, but okay. Uh, that is my answer to that question. Okay. Another question from, uh, at Twitchuba. Any advice on getting through my watch slump? I'm midway through season nine and exhausted by all the trauma, but I have to finish. My genuine advice, which I'm touched to be asked about, is walk away. I think that forcing yourself, you won't absorb it. You won't like it as much. You're just going to be watching like it's a job. And Grace should never feel like a job, even though it is literally my job, not to make this podcast, this is not my job. It's my job to catch up with my friends, see how they're doing. And I treat that with the seriousness of a job. Uh, but I love, I love what I do, uh, when it comes to watching Grey's. And I think that like that type of trauma exhaustion and also just like binge exhaustion, like, you know, your heart is big enough to love more than one show. I'm sure it already does. I think take a break and you will eventually miss it and wonder what's going on with your friends. And then you'll return to it and you'll be like, ah, I'm back with them. That's my answer with that. Okay. This was such a good question. Also from Martin Moreno Jr., who wanted to talk about the milestone episodes, which is just you know, something I hadn't really considered the hundredth, two hundredth and three hundredth episode, which, by the way, is insane that there are all three. Because, I mean, in it's so funny that it's like the people in the show don't know they're in a TV show. So they just like have a special day. <laughs> but in the it's so funny to me that it's like. I guess that's what season finales are, too. That it's like in the in the industry, you're doing a certain thing. But in any case. It made me realize that I I knew what happened in the 300th episode because that was pretty recently, but I didn't actually know what was going on in the 100th and 200th episode. So let's look at it. 
the hundredth episode of Grey's Anatomy is in season five, episode twenty-two. So it's towards the end of season five, and that is the episode with Izzy's surprise wedding, when it's supposed to be Meredith and Derek getting married, and then Izzy and Alex get married instead. Um, which is also like the case in that episode is that group of um, high school graduation kids who get into the horrible accident and a lot of them die. And so I was relooking at that episode today and obviously I like remembered, you know, the, the, uh, the narration from Izzy at the beginning and the end of like, you never know that the important day of your life and what it's going to be. It just seems like a normal day, blah, 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 blah. And that she's so tired and that she's, you know, her hair starts falling out at the end in this incredible moment. But what I had kind of forgotten about was that Alex's wedding vows are plagiarized from a from a injured kid. <laughs> that it's the girl who's the valedictorian who's going to give the the speech, and she tells her speech to Alex, and he ends up. I mean, it's an amazing. You know, you sob, but he mutates and he kind of changes it a little bit to then become his wedding vows. And so I wanted to play the scene where. I mean, it's, I watched it at work earlier and I, I cried. I wept silently at my desk. What is happening in this scene is she's about to go into surgery. Alex asks her to give a speech. And as she's giving the speech, the following things are happening. Izzy with the sensors on her brain is trying to summon Denny so that Derek and Bailey can see where in her brain she must have the tumor where, you know, where the hallucinations are originating from. And then the other thing that is happening is that all of these high schoolers are being zipped into body bags. It's If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Gut-wrenching. Uh, and we're going to, I'm going to watch it, you're going to listen to it. Um, it's so funny when I'm doing this by myself <laughs> to be like, and now I'm just going to sit here and watch TV. <laughs> um, but that is what I'm going to do. Okay. So this is season five, episode 22. Come on, Danny. Okay. How are my friends doing? Um, just tell me. I can take it. I mean, I can't, but I can. Did someone else die? Why don't you tell me your speech? Your graduation speech. I can take it. Becca, just, just give me your speech. You worked hard on it. So you should do it right now. Come on. Today's the day my life begins. Today, I become a citizen of the world. Today, I become a grown-up. Today, I become accountable to someone other than myself and my parents. 
accountable for more than my grades. Today, I become accountable to the world, to the future, to all the possibilities that life has to offer. Starting today, my job is to show up wide-eyed and willing and ready. For what? I don't know. For anything. For everything. Charge 360. To take on life. Nice job, man. To take on love. All the times I didn't ask for you and you were here now. I'm asking, please. Please come to me now. Please help me now. Come on. Come on, Denny. Just you come to me now. To take on the responsibility and possibility. Today, my friends, our lives begin. Time death reaching out to me. And I, for one, Denny. Denny! Can't wait. I'm here for you, It's right there. Oh, commercial break. Wow. I mean, there are so many kids who die and have died in that episode. It's so rough. What struck me when I rewatched this, and I really encourage you to do it, season five, episode 22, is right after Izzy hallucinates Denny, she looks back at, at Miranda Bailey to be like, I did it. And the acting, it's like, you know, you might not love Izzy. You might not love Katherine Heigl. But the look that she gives, it's its this look that says, I'm really sick. It's actually true. I am really like the hallucination has happened. She's like proud of herself. And then she realizes what it means. And her eyes are full of tears and she's scared. But then she but then she's so relieved that she wasn't crazy. Like there's so much in that cocktail of emotions. And it is really impressive. It's really good. Uh, um, that is like, that is for sure like a, a hundredth episode scene. It is kind of funny to imagine someone being like, Alex, wow, those vows were great. It's like you prepared for them for months. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this really severely injured, traumatized um, child really who lost all of her friends in a horrible bus accident today wrote most of it for me. Well, not for me. She didn't know that I was taking it for my wedding vows. Um, also, I don't, I think that kid lives, but I honestly don't remember. So 200th episode, I was like, what's that? Uh, did not remember it, looked up the description. It was like some type of a party. I was like, what the, I don't know what that is either. It's in like season 10, I think. Anyway, apparently it was 
pur- kind of purposefully uneventful because it was towards the beginning of the season. And so Shauna uh, Rhimes was like, yeah, I mean, we weren't going to like do some type of a big event because it was the beginning of the season. So we just thought it would be fun for people to dress up I'm like, hmm, OK. Um, but the thing that I will share in the 200th episode, because as I was researching this today, I found some press materials for the 200th episode, because obviously, I mean, most shows don't make it even fucking close to a 200th episode. And so it was like this article that was like interviews that the cast members of Grey's Anatomy show never revealed before details. And I clicked on it so hard I almost broke my finger. And it was like interviews with all these different people, not Sandra. Oh, she never participated in that shit. And honestly, Ellen Pompeo didn't either. And God bless both of them. Uh, Neither did uh, Patrick Dempsey. This is like we're talking about like Chandra Wilson, James Pickens Jr., Sarah Ramirez, Kevin McKidd, uh, talking about Camilla Ludington, Jerrica Hinton, you know, uh, the, these folks, uh, Sarah Drew, very eager to participate, I'm sure. Uh, so this is just the question I'd like to share with you. Who is the cast member who that takes their work the most seriously? Chandra Wilson says, Sandra O. Oh. She puts little post-it notes all throughout her script, and I take them and move them all around. It pisses her off. Laughs. James Pickin Jr.'s answer. I think Sandra Oh is probably one of the most dedicated actresses. I wish I had her work ethic. And Chandra drives Sandra crazy with her post-its. She's done it since day one. Drives her crazy. Kevin McKidd waves in. The obvious answer is Sandra O. Oh. She has notes all over her scripts and then Chandra rearranges them. Drives her crazy. Um, this interview question and answers induced psychosis in me. I genuinely spun out and I was like, wait, were they all asked this separately? And they all said Sandra O oh and told the story about Chandra Wilson, who plays Bailey, rearranging the post-it notes. Also, why would they do that? Don't mess with her craft. Also, were they all in the same? It, James Pickin Jr., who plays Richard, Kevin McKidd, who plays Owen, both end it with saying, drives her crazy. Anyway, thank you so much for this question about uh, about Milestone episodes, because I frankly would have like literally never found this, and now it's changed my life. The 300th episode is in season 14, so I'm sure that um, there are at least a handful of listeners who never made it that far. And the 300th episode, so what I remembered from the 300th episode was that they did this thing that I genuinely hated, where they had um, kind of parallel to to 100th episode, there was like a car crash and it was like a bunch of like young people, but it wasn't high schoolers. It was actually doctors from Seattle Prez which is what they all call Seattle Presbyterian. Don't worry about it. It's just kind of like an in thing that I would say if I actually worked at um, the hospital. Anyway, there are these, uh, they're they're now residents or their second years from Seattle Pres. And they're like, they supposedly look like Christina, Izzy, and George. So they fucking don't. I mean, they don't look anything like them. They like give them lines that I guess are similar. I like genuinely feel like the actors didn't even watch an episode of Grace to prepare. It's such a stretch. And then they all like every single character in the, in the show agrees. They're like, she's just like Izzy. She's just like 
Christina, it's eerie. Are we going to save George? I mean, we didn't save the real George, but what about this George? It's heinous. And, but, but, and that was my, well, okay. So, and that was my whole memory. That's like all I remembered from it. And then I looked back on it and I was like, wait, I can't believe that that experience completely made me forget that that's also the episode where um, Meredith wins her Harper Avery. So a little more about that. I, at the time when I watched the 300th episode was like, so wait, she doesn't like surgeries come in all the time. She decides to not go to Boston to like find out if she won the Harper Avery and go to the the thing because she's going to do surgery. She's like, I have a patient. And they're like, yeah, bitch, we all have patients. We're all surgeons. And like, ugh, whatever. She doesn't go to Boston. She stays. They like, they like live stream the, the, um, the ceremony, which literally just involves Debbie Allen walking up and being like, welcome to the Harper Avery Awards. And the winner is Meredith Grey. Like, I mean, there's literally, there's nothing, there's nothing to it. It's like, she's not even reading off of something. She doesn't open an envelope. It's like, I guess she knew the whole time. I don't know. Anyway, she finds out in the OR. And I, at the time when I watched it, was like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, get dressed up, go to the thing. You're not like better than other people. And I think I was in, in retrospect, sort of a dark place. I rewatched it today and I was like, sahahahabing, um, which I did so much watching things today. So two things, two scenes I'm going to play. The first one is, so there's like this Izzy character and she's pregnant and Alex seems like really caught up on how she's Izzy because she says seriously. And that's, I guess, all it takes. <laughs> I don't know. But there's this moment that's like very interesting where the baby is delivered, I, th- I think. And um, and he's outside with Joe, who he's, you know, with. And Joe is like, I think that you should reach out to Izzy. Like, I think that it's, it seems like you miss her. And Alex has this really like tender response that um that I'm gonna play. Um, okay. Alex, if you wanna know how she is, you should just call her. You should call Izzy. Oh. No, it's okay. I mean, I I I don't need to call her. I know how she is. And she's uh she's married with three kids, and she lives somewhere, I think, uh, kind of woodsy. She's a surgeon, she goes to work every day. She refuses to hire help, so her house is always a mess. And it has Christmas decorations all over it because she won't let her husband take them down. Smells like muffins. She's, She's smiling. When I picture her, she's always smiling. I don't need to call her because I want it to stay that way. I picture her as happy as I am with you. You imagined a whole life for her? Oh, yeah. It's way better than wondering. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 
It's nice. It's really unexpected. I guess I never really thought about like, there's so many characters who come in and out and they reference them in some way. And I never had really considered what Alex thought about Izzy. Like I felt like we saw the immediate aftermath of her leaving him and how hard that was for him. And then it was like, oh, he's healed or like he's doing something else now. And I don't know. It felt like a really authentic, not just description of what I think the best case scenario is for Izzy, but it felt like kind of an authentic place for Alex being like, I don't want to think about it. Um, and I, but I do want her to be happy. I don't know. I, I, I liked that decision to put that in, in like this whole meditation of like, we've lost people, they've moved on or whatever it is. I, I don't know. I, I think that's a really like understated sweet moment that I had forgotten. And then the other thing from this episode that I wanted to play was Meredith winning her Harper Avery because God, one thing I fucking forgot is that she looks up into the gallery after she wins and Ellis is there applauding her, which I will discuss in a moment, but first let's watch it. How's baby George? <laughs> He's in recovery. And baby Izzy? Oh, baby Izzy has a baby. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> um, the Harper Averys are about now, Dr. Gray. I know, I know. Well, we thought you might like to be there. What is going on? The music callback. It's honestly whatever. Please welcome Dr. Catherine Avery. Thank you so much. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is my distinct privilege and honor to award this year's Harper Avery for Surgical Innovation. This award is named for my dear friend who we lost this year, which makes this award ever more meaningful. Harper Avery was a very complicated man. <laughs> but his love for medical innovation was pure. And that describes this year's winner. So, without further ado, the Harper Avery for Surgical Innovation goes to Dr. Meredith Gray. Dr. Jackson Avery. Thank you. Incredible. Knowing very well that she might win tonight, Dr. Gray opted to stay in Seattle. Trauma came in and she knew that she was the right doctor for the job. That's one of the many reasons that I'm so very, very proud to call her my colleague and my friend. Now, Dr. Gray has experienced more loss in her life than I think most of us would deem fair. She lost her little sister, Lexi Gray, who I know would love to be here tonight with us. She lost her husband, Dr. Derek Shepard, who knew with total certainty that this night would happen. And she also lost her mother, Dr. Ellis Gray, who won this award twice, once as a resident, and probably would have won a few more if she hadn't been taken from all of us so young. The most amazing thing about Meredith, though, is that she takes all that pain, all that loss, 
and she turns it into drive. Drive to save lives, to make things better. And despite all that she's lost, she continued to find joy in her work as a surgeon, as a teacher, as a mother. And she managed to share that joy through her spirit of discovery and of possibility and of hope right in the face of darkness. I am profoundly grateful for the lessons that I have learned from Meredith Gray. And it is my distinct honor to accept this award on her behalf. Congrats, Meredith. I wish you guys could look. It's like her mom's so proud of her. I'm crying and I already cried about this earlier today. I guess what I'm thinking about with this scene is that is she really like rejoices in the immediate aftermath. But I think there's real like I think it's just very realistic, which is such a dumb thing to say. Oh, crazy not me sometimes because she's live streaming an award ceremony that had no introduction was a name was not read off of a piece of paper inside of an OR where everyone has piled in and she won the award for transplanting an abdomen onto her ex-boyfriend's girlfriend who was missing for 10 years and also happens to be the sister of her best friend's ex-husband. So, you know, I hear the words that are coming out of my mouth and I understand how they all connect to each other. But honestly, I'm very proud to just be kind of like privately, except for not privately because my producer Alex is very, very generously averting his eyes to not watch me cry um, in a room otherwise entirely by myself without a guest. But I don't know. I think that people people talk so much about like, well, actually, Grey's Anatomy is really a love story between Christina and Meredith. And that is absolutely true and I saw like some tweet or comment on like a YouTube video that was like you know Derek should have really been up in the gallery too but it's like no he shouldn't have been because first of all she's wearing the fairy boat scrub cap which is like Derek is there he's in the room like he's he's there and there's a reference earlier in the episode where I think she like goes on a ferry boat to kind of feel closer to him and she's like he would be jealous like he would like it kind of would be a fight like he'd be so proud of her but like you know it's it's different but as much as the show is about Meredith and Christina, it is also, I mean, the very first episode is ends with the VO being said to her mom and like the legacy of Ellis and the fear of Meredith's own life being cut short because of Alzheimer's or being or losing control, being out of it, like everything that that has represented to her. I, I think that as sort of cheesy as it is to like literally bring Kate Burton in and applaud in like a white doctor's coat at the age of, you know, honestly, like 60 something, like very young, like she should still be alive. Like it, it's a little contrived in some ways, but as you can tell, I find it very effective because it reminds you that like, it is not just about your, your relationships with like your colleagues and you, you know that this like this feeling of legacy and making people proud and also just this this kind of issue that she had had with her mom about what it means to be extraordinary is and and the and the the example that her mom set I don't know 
It's very effective. So anyway, I was a huge fucking grump about this episode when I watched it. And then I genuinely cried about it twice today. So that's what we call growth. That's what we call growth or um, or uh, actually now that I also kind of think about it, it's like growth and my period. So it's a couple of things. Um, okay. Last question, which is um, a bit of a silly one, but I thought it was funny to think about. Uh, at Pachyderm Deity, Pachyderm Deity, I don't know, asked me two questions. First of all, do you have a favorite or specific, like, y- unique operational procedure? The answer is no, but I did remember today that episode where Owen makes them all, he stabs the five pigs and then, or four pigs and then operates on them. And I remember that, you know, that's not an operation. It's not a procedure, but I actually really love that episode. I need to go back and watch it. And then the second question was the characters in Scandal drink a lot of red wine and the characters in How to Get Away with Murder drink vodka. What do you think about the use of specific drinks in the Grey's universe? (sighs) Truly a question I never considered before. I think that if there's a drink in the Grey's universe, it's two. Tequila and coffee. And tequila being like, you know, this the the Meredith's drink, like the drink of, you know, dancing it out and friendship and all and the girl in the bar and all of that and then i guess like there's also like this weird fucking coffee cart that now is like a location at the hospital but also there's there is like weird coffee stuff in the in the show like the juju and all the weird like bringing people coffee and that's how like burke like flirts with christina and stuff but i don't know spiritually i think tequila is like the even though we don't see it as much anymore i think that that's like the signature drink of grace all right that is all that i set aside for this particular episode which seems perfect for me i have more i have more questions and stuff set aside from today you can always tweet at me with new ones um i love doing this podcast and i love hearing from you all as well and it feels nice when it is feels like you're uh, participating and in the room that's not just my own fandom but yours as well even though I have to say that talking to nobody and not being sure if anyone's enjoying my presence is um, it's an exercise in self-confidence is I guess all I will say just the, the you know I'm learning um, all right that is uh, it for this episode uh, if you like this episode show as always you can um rate it or review it or (laughs) hell you can even do both uh we will be back next week with another great episode and i'll see you then forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by brett boehm joe cilio and alex ramsey for more original podcasts please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com And subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.